News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Shah. that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes to help the podcast in the rankings. All right, now on with the show. Top Stories of the Week! Albanese jinxed the Matildas! Also, will no one think of the landlords? And a nation divided. All that and more on News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah, and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Jinxing Matilda's news now. Women's football, or soccer as it's known in places like Australia and America where there's already a game called football which isn't actually played with the foot and the ball, isn't really round and ball shaped, but whatever, I'm not going to get into that right now. Women's soccer is a sport that has long struggled to get its place in the sun, with most sports fans preferring to throw their support behind men's soccer instead because, well, the patriarchy and all that. I mean, you've seen the Barbie movie, I'm sure. I shouldn't have to explain any of this by now. Well, that lack of support has been glaringly obvious on an international level during the recent FIFA Women's World Cup, even though the women's tournament was held in Australia and thus more ethically sourced and cruelty-free than the men's World Cup, which was held in the open-air slave camp that is Qatar. And yes, I know some of you are like, um, actually, Australia is a settler colony where we're all slaves to neoliberalism and colonialism and shut the fuck up. I mean a literal slave camp. Qatar, like the UAE and Saudi Arabia, is built entirely by actual slaves. Where was I? Oh yeah, okay, sorry. The Women's FIFA World Cup. That's, that's, what I, that's what's going on. And, and here's the thing, no one cared except Australia. Because the games are being played in Australia and New Zealand, but more importantly, the Australian team fucking rocked hard. And nowhere was that more on display than last weekend when Australia's Matildas went up against France's whatever, some French name. The game was so evenly matched and intense and down to the wire that even I watched it. And I haven't watched a sport since Pakistan won the Cricket World Cup in 1992. And even then, I slept through the last over, I'll be honest. The game went into a record number of penalties. And then, with the nation desperate to wee watching on, the Matildas' Courtney Vine stepped up in a moment that will never be forgotten by Australians. They are on the brink. This is as tense as sport gets. It's Courtney Vine. On the spot, she sends Australia through. It's a first ever World Cup semi-final for Australia. The Matildas for the first time in their history are going to a World Cup semi-final. I get goosebumps every time. The game had the highest viewership numbers of any sporting event in Australia since Cathy Freeman in 2000 at the Sydney Olympics, which raises the question as to why men's sports gets any money at all. With the French defeated, Australia was next up against England in the semi-final. This was our chance to finally avenge the continued indignity of British oppression. This was going to be revenge for everything the British have ever done to Australia, from invasion and colonisation 
attention to Gallipoli, that shit at the ashes this year, and all those teenage backpackers with bad teeth and peeling skin they keep sending over here every summer. If Australia wins this, it's the first step towards the Republic, towards killing the king, and finally telling the Governor General's wife that her singing sucks. The Shepherd Centre was founded by a mother and a dad. Their children needed some help to hear so they would not be sad. If you ever want to spend an afternoon going, what the fuck, do a YouTube search for Linda Hurley singing. So, with a nation behind them, the Matildas seemed set to take on England. Nothing could stop them. Until... Public holidays are up to state and territory leaders. But you know what? We've got a national cabinet coming up uh, next week and I'll be clearly putting the argument and I reckon they'll they'll fold like tents. They'll all go one <laughs> after the other. They'll all go, me, I was first to agree. Uh, because if we if we can get there, that would be remarkable. That was Prime Minister Anthony Albanese saying if Australia wins the World Cup, he'll make sure we all get a public holiday. And by doing so, he guaranteed the doom of the Matildas. <laughs> Look, Nazar is a South Asian belief that if you compliment something too much or admire it too openly, you're jinxing it and now it'll go bad. And listen, it's that's just science. I'm telling you, I've had moments in my life when I've thought I had everything I could ever want and then it all went to shit. That's why I never do that anymore. Albanese talking about winning the final days before the semi-final put Nazar on the whole thing. And as anyone will tell you, there's only one reliable way to take Nazar off something. That's by sacrificing a black goat. A TV channel I worked for in Pakistan once had a massive power outage the day the channel was supposed to launch, so we sacrificed a black goat. And after that, everything was fine. I mean, the channel did eventually have terrible ratings and fire most of its staff, but that's not another. that's just bad management. Even to this day, when someone compliments me too much, I get my parents in Pakistan to sacrifice a black goat. Not because we hate goats in Pakistan. The idea is to distribute the meat to the poor who would otherwise not be able to afford that meat. And the goat has to be black because, but honestly, I don't, I don't even know. It's, look, it's just science, alright? Do you question science? And if you think I'm wrong, look at what happened because of Albanese's Nazar. At the end of the 90 minutes, it was England who claimed victory. Three goals to one. See? Nazar! Albanese did Nazar and that screwed the team over. They needed to sacrifice a black goat. So, with the Matildas now fighting for the third place spot, at least Australia has shown it has a true passion for women's sports and is ready to do whatever it can to promote it. Mobs of people repeatedly charged through security gates to get into the site already at capacity. Police say in the end more than 50 flares were let off. The site won't be used for the final two games of the World Cup. In Sydney, the chaos came after the game, with tens of thousands of fans left stranded when the train network shut down. We're going to need a lot of black goats. Meanwhile, the nation can now go back to ignoring the Matildas' constant calls for more funding until the next time women's sports shows us it's way more worthwhile than male. Going into false labour pains news now. 
With its first term almost halfway done, the Labour government is already hard at work on its strategy for winning a second term. That strategizing was on full display at the 49th ALP National Conference, where Prime Minister Anthony Albanese got to show everyone that he's ready to focus on what matters. Jokes. The Prime Minister, the Treasurer, the Health Minister, the Minister for Industry and the Minister for Home Affairs walk into a bar. And the bartender says, just the usual, Scott. Australian politicians are so bad at roasting, even the fake laughter wasn't really fully committed to. So, with the rising cost of living and the housing crisis becoming the issue everyone wants the Labour government to address, will Albanese finally announce a a freeze on rent increases, or perhaps an increase in public housing, Uh, maybe capping negative gearing, or regulating Airbnb-style accommodations? Strengthening the National Housing Accord to help Australia build an additional 1.2 million homes before the end of the decade. Well, I guess 1.2 million new investment properties for landlords is one way to address the problem if the problem was not enough people saying things like we weekend at our villa on the Mornington Peninsula now. There were more opportunities, however. The conference goes on for several days, which means more chances for Albanese to show he knows what matters to Australian, what the average Aussie has on their mind and how to help them the most. I have come to the position, based upon advice and analysis, that nuclear-powered submarines are what Australia needs in the future. Someone check realestate.com.au for the rental price of a bunk bed on a nuclear-powered submarine. The conference will continue for a couple more days, where Albanese is expected to offer other solutions to the cost-of-living crisis, like offering the mining sector more tax cuts and incentives, putting up banners with Stage 3 tax cuts for life, written on them with the 4 written as the number 4 to appeal to the youth, and calling poor people the poors. Not with a bang, but a please explain news now. There isn't much that's new in the world these days. A lot of the headlines have a a sameness to them that makes one feel like they're caught in a Moebius strip of batshittedness. This week, just like every other week, sees more Trump charges. Former US President Donald Trump has been charged with attempting to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state of Georgia. As if any of that's going to stop him from winning the next election. Then there's more blasphemy riots in Pakistan. Get you some updates from Pakistan where according to reports that are now coming in, a church and some buildings in its vicinity reportedly have been vandalised in Faisalabad's Jaranwala Tehsil. This is the latest information that is coming in where according to reports, a mob attack followed allegations of blasphemy on a Christian family that was living in the neighbourhood. At this point, killing people for blasphemy is Pakistan's only economic output. There have also been more migrant drownings. Now to West Africa, where more than 60 migrants are presumed dead after their boat was found drifting off Cape Verde. It's thought they were trying to reach the Spanish Canary Islands. The boat was found about 300 kilometres from Cape Verde. It's believed almost all of those on board came from Senegal. The world's response to this, as with all migrant drownings, is to shrug and say that definitely won't be a problem for me, while ignoring the increasing global economic and political instability that results in refugee movements at the same time as scientists are predicting rising sea levels. Which is also the perfect time for the weekly story about a massive unprecedented fire which seems to be becoming more and more precedented each day. So far, officials have confirmed that 110 people have died in the fires, 
Right, uh, we're going to go to Canada now to get the latest on the wildfires. And the latest uh, for one city, 20,000 people effectively being told to get out. Luckily, it's winter in Australia, so we're fine because seasons don't change. Oh, and Malaysian Airways really needs to think about a goat sacrifice of its own. A packed Malaysia Airlines flight was forced to turn back to Sydney after a man started threatening passengers and crew. A flight descends into chaos. My name is Muhammad, a slave of Allah. Because of this man. Are you a slave of Allah? Are you? Say it. Say it. You know, some crazy guy ranting about Allah while trying to take over a plane is so old school, I'm practically nostalgic for it now. At least now there's a justification for making me take off my fucking belt every time I go through airport security. I was starting to think it was a waste of time. So with all the same miseries on loop, it's no wonder that we're all so hungry for a feel-good story that reminds us that sometimes... Good things can happen, and the world can be a place of laughter and sunshine, no matter how briefly. One Nation leader Pauline Hanson has dumped Mark Latham as leader of the party's New South Wales branch. That's right. Imagine being so bad at your job, even Pauline Hanson can't support you anymore. So what was it that ended Mark Latham's role as New South Wales party leader? Was it the horrendously homophobic tweet he made about independent MP Alex Greenwich? A tweet so graphic he even got banned from Sky News appearances? A tweet so disgusting even Pauline Hanson thought he'd crossed the line? Was that what finally ended her support for Latham? Senator Hanson has released a statement saying she's replaced the state executive leadership team and removed Mr Latham as parliamentary leader, blaming state election results, which she says saw One Nation's vote drop by 14%. In a Facebook post, Mark Latham says the move was without consultation or due process. Maybe it was without consultation because he wouldn't answer his phone, the same way he ignored it when Pauline Hanson was calling him about the Alex Greenwich tweet. I've actually tried to ring Mark a couple of times to no avail and I have clearly sent a text message to him telling him my, my views. Latham is still with One Nation, just not the New South Wales party leader. And while it's not a big story, perhaps Mark Latham having a shitty week is enough to give you hope for a better world. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, if you like the podcast, support it in all the myriad ways that you can do so. Also, I'm still filling in on God Forbid, a radio national show that's available wherever good podcasts are found. Last week, we had um, Francesca Stavrakopoulou, who wrote a fantastic book called God and Anatomy. It's a book I'm a massive fan of. As well as Karen Freakin' Armstrong, who wrote many books, including Muhammad, a biography, and God, a biography, and all kinds of great books and stuff. So that was a real treat for me to get to interview them. This week, we're talking about TikTok and religion and talking to an actual religious influencer on TikTok. It's a really good show about religion and politics and the intersection of the both. I'm filling in for two, three more weeks. Next week, we're literally doing Tolkien, just Tolkien. It's a week of just Tolkien on the show. It's going to be amazing. If you are into Sauron and Marduk and all of that stuff, then please listen to the show. Um, I'm bringing my own spin to it for as long as they let me. Otherwise, just join me right back here every week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.